Young Pro Show, hosted by Dom Fry, the insurance guy. Would you still do something great if nobody ever saw it? A podcast for young professionals to come together and talk about their goals and their path to get there. And if I fail, I'll fail forward. I sit down with other forward-thinking individuals and talk about what they are doing to accomplish their dreams of tomorrow. Maintaining strength while living in your purpose. Mm. Now let's dive into the next legendary episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Young Pro Show. I'm your host, Dom Fry, the insurance guy. Very excited for the interview and the guests I have on today just to dive into his story, to kind of hear his background, hear where he's at now. You know, essentially, uh, the whole point of this podcast, talk about his past, present, and future of his career, uh, you know, and the hobbies and things that he's involved with. Uh, incredible guy, awesome man. Uh, yeah, and just really excited to have him on and, you know, bring his passion and energy to the Young Pro Show. So let's welcome on my friend, Eli King. Eli, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? Good, good, doing well. Uh, appreciate you agreeing to come on. Uh, I know I had to twist your arm backwards just a little bit to get you to come on the show, but I know that you have a great story, and uh, yeah, just excited for you to have a platform to share it. Well, thank you. Maybe we'll, uh, I mean, I know we could you know, sit here and talk about the Browns all day long, <laughs> um, but for this week, we'll uh, yeah have a little bit more of a serious conversation. Um, well, let's just open it up, have, you know, just a couple basic questions just to get started, you know, just to get to know, for people that may not know you, get to know you a little bit better. Uh, first question is, geographically speaking, you know, tell me where you were born and raised, where you're at now, and, you know, kind of where you've been uh, as far as location-wise. So I was born and raised in uh, Pettisville. Uh, I grew up on a farm, which was great. Um after high school, I graduated, went to Angola, Indiana um, for college at Trine and got my mechanical engineering degree there and then moved back to um, back home. I actually lived at home for another year and then bought a house in Wauseon. So live in Wauseon right now, working in Montpelier. So. Nice. Not too what? far, about 45-minute radius, but it's pretty nice. Yeah, that is nice. You said that you grew up on a farm in Pettisville. Um, you know, real quickly, what did what was maybe your favorite part of growing up on a farm? Like, I feel like a lot of times, um, you know, with people, I, I don't know how you felt, Eli, but like I felt like when I went to college, a lot of my friends that were from the city or from you know big schools, and they thought living on a farm was like the wildest thing. Even living in the country. Like, you know, I didn't even grow up on a farm, but they were like, dude, like, if you grew up in the country, you are just a hick. You probably just milk <laughs> cows every morning. And I'm like, that was not, like, my childhood. Like, I, I'm telling you, I grew up in the country, but on a farm. <laughs> like, their idea of country was just, almost, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's probably I'm the screaming. same way I feel about, like, living in downtown Columbus or downtown Toledo. And I'm like, dude, you probably just have to worry about getting shot every single day. Like, what? <laughs> like, that's not our thing. Regardless, I'm getting a little bit off topic. But tell me, you know, as far as f- growing up on a farm, you said that you loved it. Mm-hmm. What do you love about it? Uh, well, so <clears throat> I like raising animals. Um, I, like, I like nature, um, just kind of the privacy of living up on a farm around trees and animals and just kind of everything running wild. Um, when I was about in fifth or sixth grade, I got an incubator for Christmas, um, and I started hatching eggs, and it's turned into a big, huge chicken love that I've got. Um, I you know, 
I enjoy raising animals and poultry in particular. I just find it a lot of, a lot of fun to, I don't know, it's unique. People at college thought it was weird. People <laughs> at college, I had to, I had to first tell them that I didn't drive to school on or ride to school on a horse because they heard I was Mennonite and <laughs> went off the rails thinking I was Amish. And I was like, no, 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 but I didn't grow up on a farm and yeah. You had fun. electricity. I did have uh, electricity. This is my phone. <laughs> I can talk on it. If you want my number, I can text you. Uh, you have chickens now still today, don't you? Yeah, I didn't bring them to town with me, but um, I've got chickens okay. in my parents' place. Um, nice. A couple different breeds. Some ducks. Bailey got me ducks for her birthday or two years back. and Ooh. Raising ducks and had peacocks and guineas and quail and pheasants and all sorts. Wow, yeah, you really have a lot. I recently have, uh, there's a local farmer that will drop off eggs at our office once a week. And um, honestly, I don't know if I ever had duck eggs growing up. And, you know, she has chicken and duck eggs. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll take duck eggs. I can never eat another chicken egg again for the rest of my life. Like, duck eggs are so, so good and so much better. And they're thicker and they're bigger and they're (laughs) rich and they're creamy. I'm like, I I can never go back. Like this is so it's life changing, really. Yeah, I've never I've never tried a duck egg, I'm not gonna lie. Wait, what? You have <laughs> what? <laughs> so I've got ducks, but I I yeah, I've just never they Do just, you sell the eggs or No, no You just we, don't uh, have them yourself. Or are they I, a family member? I've tried incubating them before. Um I've let them go broody on the eggs themselves. Okay. Um Yeah, I just kinda I like the looks of the ducks. They Ducks like ducks are very social animals. Gotcha. Um, so they go in groups everywhere. You'll never if a duck's on its own, it's pretty sad usually. So <laughs> I don't know. It's fun to just see them waddle around and go from puddle to puddle, and yeah, brings me joy. Wow. Here I thought we were really going to bond in this moment over duck eggs. You know, I can get you duck eggs sometime. But oh, dude, I would love that if you can get them for me for less than two dollars a dozen. I'll take them. You could probably get them. That's my current rate on the house, but oh, it pays to know the guy. It pays yeah, to know. That's cool. Okay, we don't oh, wow. sell them, but yeah, gotcha. I didn't realize that you had that many, uh, you know, poultry. You had all those different kinds of. Um... I've had them. Currently, it's just peacocks, ducks, and chickens. Gotcha. But the dogs did some damage on animals here and there, or on the chickens here and there. <laughs> That's cool. So that's yeah, one of the ways then that you enjoy growing up on a farm, just having the animals and no, I mean I agree hundred percent as far as the privacy aspect and just having your own space, having air to breathe and not feeling like you're just being watched at all times. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so outside of your animals then, tell me second question is hobbies. You know, what do you enjoy to do outside of work, uh, you know, and outside of poultry and your animals and being on a farm, like what are some hobbies and you enjoy to do? Um so I would say I'm a fairly competitive person. Um, so I enjoy competitions, uh, whether it's playing board games, card games with Bailey or coaching or watching sports. Um, it's one of my big things is just, I like competing. I'll go out golfing or coaching or just, I don't know. It's fun to compete for me. So are you just as competitive in everything? Like you're going to take a board game just as serious as you are as a coach as you are on the golf course? Uh, I would say it's different levels of competitiveness. Um, okay. Or is how I conduct myself the competitiveness. Um, 
I can get grouchy sometimes when I lose. Not as bad as other people. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, I feel that. Yeah. I don't know. I like to win. I, <laughs> I like to compete. I think one thing we coach in seventh grade. So I coach seventh grade basketball. I really enjoy that. Um, and I would say for myself, like card games, golf like that, I like to win. Um, but when I'm with seventh graders, uh, we try to coach them how to compete. Uh, the mm-hmm. biggest thing is learning to compete, whether it's winning, losing. We don't really care what the score is, um, but we care how much we compete and how we hold ourselves and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Competing is a big thing to me. Yeah. No, I mean, especially as a coach, like that, competing and your effort are things that you can actually control. You know, you can't mm-hmm. control the outcome. You can't control winning or losing, but you can control your effort. You can control, you know, the competitive nature. Um, mm-hmm. no, I mean, I think that's awesome as a coach. I, I partly, I asked that question cause I, I would, I don't know, I would consider myself competitive, but I'm really only competitive when it comes to like sports or like, you know, like physical activities. Like if it comes to a board game for me personally, I could care less. <laughs> like I, you know, the way I think of it is I'm like, you know what, if you want to outsmart me in this board game, go ahead. You nerd. Like <laughs> let's go to the court and let's play one-on-one or let's go. You want to arm wrestle? Yeah, you want to, you know, and it drives my wife nuts cause she's like the exact opposite. Nicole is all it loves strategy, loves board games, loves outthinking someone. When it comes to like sports, she's like, "Yeah, I don't really care. Like, I'm just there to have fun." And I'm like, "What? Like, no? <laughs> like, I, I'm yeah. We're just very different in those regards. So that's why I was asking for you that uh, if there was, you know, if you felt equally competitive yeah. in all aspects. Yeah, I would uh, say so. Awesome. So give me, you know, give me the thirty second. I don't know, sixty second. You know. As far as today, Eli, what are you doing professionally? Um, so I'm a manufacturing engineer um, with a steering company, a steering leakage company. We supply Ford, GM, Chrysler. Um, so my day-to-day activities really vary. Um, with engineering, it can be anywhere from programming machines to designing tools to getting quotes for new jobs. Um, and really, that's kind of what I love about my engineering degree is that um, or my job, engineering job, is that I never know what my day is going to look like. I know a general outline of what's going to look like, but I just go there and kind of there's if a problem happens, it's kind of my job to try fixing it. Nice, awesome. So let's go now that we know what you're doing today. Briefly, let's go back in time. So let's go back to 18 year old Eli. You know, you graduate from Pettisville High School. At that point, you know, senior year, what were your career goals? Like, what were what was, did you think at that time the next step was going to be? So heading into my senior year of high school, actually, I was trying to debate between if I wanted to go into education or engineering, um, and I didn't really know. And so you say my hobbies, I love fishing. And so I was out fishing in Canada one summer or one morning, and I'm talking with my brother who was an engineer. He just graduated from trying. He's like, you know, if you go into engineering, you could still probably go back to teaching because I wanted to be a math teacher he said if you get ahead in your engineering courses you could still get your math minor and kind of figure things out so I was like you know that's not a bad idea so I decided to go into into engineering and um, I was just kind of my goal was to get a engineering degree uh, bachelor of science in mechanical engineering with a math minor in case someday down the road I would want to maybe go back and get my education um, degree so that I would be able to teach Nice. So you always so from day one, I mean that's kind of cool that you know there were two different avenues you saw your career going. 
and you had interest, I guess you left the door open for both opportunities. Yep. Uh, you know, obviously you took the advice from your brother, from Harris, and you know, you had the two opportunities open. Yep. So would you say, so then, okay, so that was the goal. You talked to Harris, you graduate high school then, you go to college on that track. Throughout the next, you know, four years that you're at Trine, um, you know, were there any, I guess, internships or any experiences that really, classes even, that made you say, you know what, this is really what I want to go for? Like, I want to stay with the engineering? I mean, obviously, you told us, you know, what you're doing today, so we know that you stayed with the engineering route. But what Mm -hmm. was it potentially during those next four years that solidified for you and said, this is the route I want to continue to go, and I don't want to go down the education route at this time? Um, so after my freshman year of college, I interned at Souders. Um, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, um, the CAD side of things. I did a lot of CAD that year. Um, hold on for a non-engineer. Can you explain to me what, I feel like CAD is a term that I've heard, but I'm trying to think of what it actually is. So CAD is computer aided design is what it stands for. Um, basically it's 3d modeling on a computer. Gotcha. Um, so you go from 3D models, to, the way I use it usually is go from 3D models to 2D models where you um, get all your drawings and then you ship it off to whoever's going to machine it for you. Okay. And so the whole kind of design side of it I really enjoyed of kind of getting to build whatever I wanted on a computer and shipping it out and a week later I would have a metal piece on my desk that hmm. is what I designed or put together. Um so that was exciting to me. Um, my sophomore year of college, um, I got into a um, wind turbine machine or a tree, wind turbine tree. Um, and that was something that I thought was really cool. Uh, roommate and myself for a college class, we built probably an eight-foot-tall metal tree. We 3D printed the leaves, and um, we created generators basically underneath each um, leaf that as it spun – it generated um, electricity or volts, and um, I don't know. The whole thought of capturing natural energy, um, natural resources really excited me, and um, I like the thought of renewable energy and just following that path. Um, it didn't really work out. The renewable energy side of it didn't work out, but being able to design something and build it and print it and weld it and machine it all together was really cool i mean kind of fed into that love of um, designing building and um i don't know yeah yeah no i mean i think that's fascinating and it's cool i mean obviously because your experiences it was as an engineer and with these examples you had they were it was very hands-on you know like that's not the case for a lot of industries um or you know for a lot of education programs and you know, you talked about the internship and with, you know, yeah, I mean, mentioned that that would be cool. Like you design it, you create, like you said, and then you send the design and boom, a week later you have the part. But then even the whole wind turbine tree, I think like, yeah, I'm not an engineer in the slightest, but I think that I agree with you that that could be fascinating. It could be fun to like, you create it, you design it, and then it's like this own structure and the renewable energy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm assuming, like, was that something you guys just chose to do in a class, or was that something that everybody was doing in the class, uh, or that was your project you chose? So the class, um, there's about 20 of us, and each, um, there's probably 15 projects 
um, overall. And basically they just said, here's your project, groups of two, um, pick which project you want, and it's yours to do, yours to do what you want with it. Gotcha. Um, at the end of the semester, you're going to have a present presentation for it. Um, and, yeah, it was just kind of we got to really – start from the bottom up and we were different from everybody else and it was fun um to just yeah do our own thing and and like you said just being a part of the entire process you know Mm -hmm. from the beginning to end yeah beginning to end the designing the printing the welding like all aspects of it and just being able to you know even just the idea and everything is um yeah no that's fascinating and really cool um, actually, so one detailed question, I know, yeah, you've mentioned you went for mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. Can you, is that what Harris went for? Is that what your brother studied was mechanical? So Harris went for civil engineering. Okay. Um, so I guess my question for you then is why did you choose mechanical over, yeah, civil <laughs> over other branches, other areas of engineering? What was it about mechanical that you said, this is the route I want to go? Um, I don't really know. <laughs> Uh, this is just the rest of my life what does it matter mechanical (laughs) yeah it's kind of it's kind of sad but um harris actually started out mechanical engineering as well and switched over to civil um and so yeah i'm always i'm always a backup plan guy i love having if this route doesn't work what's our backup plan Hmm. which is kind of what i went in with our engineering education as a backup plan i knew that the route he took, he could transition from mechanical to civil fairly easy. He did that partway through his career. And so to me, it was, hey, if I start mechanical engineering, I can switch over to civil, and I should still be able to be on track to graduate on time. Um, and then I got into mechanical, and I I enjoyed it. I did well. Not, yeah, I did I enjoyed it enough to want to study to do well on the courses and yeah, it was fun. And that I'm assuming that's not like a vice versa thing though. If you started civil that you can't really switch to mechanical very easily. Um, I probably could have. It just it wouldn't have put me on the same a uh, good enough I didn't feel like it was gonna put me on a good enough path to be able to easily transition back over. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's fair. Um, no, I mean, I like how you said, I mean, I feel like I'm very similar to that too, but like always having a backup plan, always having two different routes have, okay, you know what? Like this is plan a, but I'm not quite going to put all my eggs in this basket because there is still a plan B if things change, you know, that it just pays off in many different aspects to have Mm -hmm. that backup plan. And so my Um, goal with college was get in, get out in a way I didn't want, Oh yeah. I didn't want to mess around with going an extra semester or whatnot. I, my goal was to get in, get out. And I enjoyed my time there. I loved my time at trying, but it was, you're, I was paying for it and it was good to get out and join the workforce. Yeah, for sure. You know, get, I mean, get that piece of paper, get a job and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's, uh, unfortunately I would say that's probably not a common theme for a lot of people. A lot of people almost have the exact opposite approach and say, well, how many years can I stay in college for Mm -hmm. and how many degrees can I get and how many different, and it's like, dude, Mike, 
I mean, whatever, you know, to each of their own, but it's like the whole point of going to college is that hopefully you can get a job and like move on with your life. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, again, you can get a career in an in industry and in a field that you enjoy being in. Yep. 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 So then, so you graduate trying with yep. this, uh, with this major, what was, I guess, what was the job market like looking for jobs? And then what was that first position out of college? So <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, I was kind of set on, um, I wanted to, I, I wanted to work at Souders coming out of uh, college. Uh, I had interned there two summers. I didn't turn a summer at Camco, um, but I didn't want to stay there because plastics just wasn't my uh, forte. But um, coming out of college, I thought I'm going to join this program with Souders. I'm going to work there and it's going to be great. I'm going to know a lot of people. Um, and so I had an internship or I had an interview with uh, Souders and I didn't get the job. And I was kind of shocked because usually when I had an interview, they'd, in years past, they'd all gone well. I usually got offered a job and it was just kind of like a wow. Um, hmm. And then a couple weeks later, Eli, Eli King doesn't get told, told no very often. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's not it. That's not it. I get told plenty of no plenty of times. <laughs> It was just, it was surprising to me. Just, I, yeah, that's coming off bad. I get told <laughs> no. no a lot. But a um, uh. couple weeks later, after I get told no for probably the first time in my life, um, I a uh, couple weeks later, I get a call on my phone from this random um, number, and I don't answer it because, I don't know, I don't like answering random right. numbers all the time. And it's uh, the head of HR from... Powers and Sons trying to schedule an inter- or an interview for a job. And I'm like, what? Because I hadn't even applied to this job. <laughs> so I call them back and I say, yeah, I'd like to come in for an interview. And I asked them how they got my or my resume. And here's Sawyer Miller, who um, went to church with me. Um, he was working there as an engineer at the time. Had just put in my resume for an open position without me <laughs> knowing about it. And I went interviewed um i like the people i interview went well and i got offered a job and i'm like well i didn't even know that but there worked that out well is. And, <laughs> yeah i got a job for a company that i didn't even apply for really oh dude that is a what a what a story right there i don't yeah. how many people can say that they got a job for they received the position for a job that they did not apply for yeah, that's well, funny that Sawyer would put in your uh, put in your resume without even telling you. I, I was shocked. I called him. Well, yeah, I called the HR person back, and as I was talking, I'd forgotten what the company name was. Right. So I'm like, um, uh, at your company. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what your name is. I, I'm surprised they still got you know you still got an interview. They weren't like like this guy is an idiot. How does he not like you know he applied? Why is he asking us who we are? You know? Oh yeah, it was. That's yeah, funny. I don't know. I got in front of them. That was a big thing. Getting in front of them in an interview, and yeah, it's all history wow. from there. That's right. That's funny. So, remind is Power and Sons? Is that where you are at today? Then. Yep, I'm currently at Powers and Sons. Okay, um, so it's how many years Ohio. has it been now? Okay. Um. So I actually started part time while I was still in college. Um. My spring semester. So I've been there probably two and a half years now. Okay. Two and a half, three, almost three years. Next spring, I'll be there three years. Nice. 
So what has, you know, I mean, looking back, I'm sure you've probably grown in many ways, learned a lot of different aspects of your job, of engineering in general. You know, if you had to pick just a couple, you know, what are some areas where you've seen the most growth in yourself or different experiences you've had that were like, yeah, there was nothing like this in college that would have prepared me for this. Um, you know, what have you potentially seen as growth over those last two and a half to three years? Um, so <clears throat> last January, so when I hired in, I was supposed to replace one of the older guys that was um, going to retire. St- hasn't retired yet, but he was planning to retire in the next three to four years. Um, but he did not really talk to me a whole lot. Um, so that was a bummer, but my cubicle buddy, he, um, took me through all his areas on his machines and kind of taught me everything he knew about his machines, um, which was cool. I learned a lot about his stuff, but it wasn't going to really help me out. Um, just because I was, um, I was not going to take over his areas. I was going to take over, um, this other guy's areas. Well, um, last January, my uh, the, my boss at the time took another job, um, and so my cubicle buddy actually became my new boss. Um, and at that point, he gave me all of his – he put me in charge of all of his machines in his area, which was kind of awesome because hmm. here at this point, I wasn't expecting to need to know all that stuff. Like it was going to be good to know his stuff just kind of back up when he was gone and whatnot. But right. um, I kind of got thrown into the fire um, in January where um, I was going from – kind of helping people with paperwork and doing little odd end jobs here and there, but kind of not super busy um, to every day being kind of wild and not knowing what I'm going to be doing, but I'm just doing a lot all the time. And that was the, I would say that's been the biggest thing in my career so far. That's kind of um, bolted me forward is just getting thrown in the fire of, all of a sudden now I'm in charge of these 20 machines and I need to know everything about them and be able to assist people on the floor if there's questions or something's not working. And then along with that, I'm now in charge of um, certain areas of new quotes we're getting. I have to be able to um, get formal quotes to fill in a quote sheet for um, for GM or Chrysler. And yeah, it's just a lot. Um, getting thrown to the fire was the biggest part of, I would say it would be the, one of the biggest pivotal parts in my career. Yeah, no, I mean, that's cool. I'm sure, especially in the moment at first, it was, uh, overwhelming, maybe a little intimidating. Cause yeah, it was like, Whoa, like this totally changed what I was doing. Like you said, it just seemed like it was wild. A lot more things on your plate than before. Um, but I think the piece of it that to me sounds really cool and you know it should be a confidence building for you is you know it's cool that you were working with him you were cubicle buddies and obviously then you know he got promoted became your boss but obviously he thought enough of you and thought highly enough of you that he knew that it was something that you could handle you know he mm-hmm. wouldn't give you those things to do if he was like yeah this uh, this guy i worked with he was uh you know not quite uh wasn't the best you know obviously he thought very highly of you to give you more responsibility and to give you those things that he was working on and even though he moved to a new position, I mean, I'm sure that he was there to help you as well. Yeah. Um, and that's know. been huge is just having, I think, oh, yeah. without a, somebody to guide me along the way, I would still probably be lost. But just having him as guidance through this whole transition has been huge. 
Yeah. It, was that was that just January of this year? Yeah. That, yep, okay. This last spring, basically last late winter, early spring. Gotcha. So it's been about a year now that you mm-hmm. really uh, ramped things up. That's cool. No, that is awesome. That. Um, yeah, and for you, you know, obviously you're gaining those new experiences and learning those different machines, and it's again totally different than what you were doing before, but. It's really nice and a great feeling to know when the company or when your boss has that confidence in you to handle that situation. Yeah, and that's kind of, so you said what prepared me or didn't prepare me for. I would say a lot of people, I don't, the professors wouldn't probably agree with this always, but engineering school basically taught you, for me, it taught me how to um, fix a problem. So um, all of our tests were probably about, three to four questions where you have one one question, you have a page and a half of how you're going to answer this problem. Um, and so actually getting on the job and having those problem-solving skills from different classes that were tough, and I probably don't wouldn't be able to pass them if I didn't study for them today. Yeah. Being able to problem-solve through those has really been the most beneficial thing in my career Hmm. yeah no that's awesome that's cool that that is one way that you can directly see um you know your education how it did pay off for you and like you said it wasn't even necessarily the nitty-gritty details of things but just the problem solving and figuring Mm -hmm. out and troubleshooting and finding a solution for it one way or another yep that's cool. So looking at, so we've talked about your past, you know, talk about present and what you're doing now at Power and Sons. Looking at your future, you know, what are, as of now, if you have any, like, you know, what are your plans, goals for the next potential three, five, maybe even ten years with your career? Um, so I would say short-term goals, I want, um, I want to continue to learn uh, my machines to the best of my ability so that I'm able to help as best as I can um, long term. Um, at some point, I would like uh, to get into management somehow, some way. Um, I think if I stayed stagnant where I was, I would get bored with my job. Uh, and I don't, it's not fun being bored. Uh, right. I like, I like new challenges and just, um, yeah, just growing and learning new things. But um, not being bored is a big thing, and I don't. Yeah, it would be nice to um, grow into management somehow, some way. And I don't know what aspect that would look like, but right. that's kind of my goals as of now. Yeah, and just yeah, I mean, I agree completely. Like being bored is like something that I like dread. Like I hate the idea of being a bored, whether that's you know working professionally or you know personally even. But just mm-hmm. you know having. The mentality of, okay, yeah, you, whatever the task is at hand, you're going to do it. You want to specialize in it, get to know these machines, get to know this aspect of the business, this aspect of the, your job. But then once you get to a point, you feel like, yeah, okay, this is like boring to me. I understand this well. Well, then what's the next step and what's the next mm-hmm. step? Some of those things, yeah, you probably don't know those exact details right now because you're not solely focused on that next step. You're solely focused on what you're doing now, but you know... I just don't want to be bored. I want to continue to learn. I want to continue to grow. And if I feel like I'm not that in my current position, then I'm ready for the next step. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. So last question that I have for you then, E, that I always uh, 
I wrap up every episode with is, you know, I always end every episode with what are you doing today to reach your dreams of tomorrow, you know, from a practical sense. So in your case, you know, you're looking at just learning, wanting to continue to grow, continue to learn, learn these machines specifically, um, you know, practically speaking on a, yeah, what are you doing today to reach those long-term dreams and goals that you have? Um, I would say um, some of the main things I would be doing each day for that is um, respecting the people that I'm working with um, mm. or that are working on my in my areas. Um, I think there's can a lot of times in life you'll hear negative um, connotations between engineers and something. You'll hear something about this and that, and that's because a lot of times engineers think that they are the bee's knees to everything. Um, mm. I'm trying to, I'm trying to create a relationship with the people that I work with where they don't look at me as just an engineer. They look at me as um, somebody that's going to help them out. Um, somebody that respects their ideas, their uh, wishes, what would help them uh, machine apart better, what would help them um, learn a machine, or what would help them go from place to place in the company better. Um, so I would say the day-to-day is just working hard and respecting the people I'm working for and the work people I'm working with. Boom. I love that, man. That is awesome. That is um, – I mean that's cool that even you see – within generally speaking like within your industry within engineering that there's potentially a negative connotation or negative view that people can have on engineers and you are saying yeah like that's not something that i want i want to be mm-hmm. open-minded you know hear those uh hear that feedback from other people here you know and, and really try to fix those issues that or questions, answer those questions that people have, but really just trying to solve their problems. That goes back to what you talked about being a problem solver, you know? And mm. when there is a problem that's at hand, whatever that may be, you want to solve that. Um, and you want to do that. Obviously, in doing that, you're being respectful of them and what their concerns are. Mm-hmm. And I love it, man. Practical, yeah. simple, and easy. Well, maybe yep. not easy. Sometimes it's easier said than done, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's sometimes it's as simple as learning somebody's name. I always like to. Hmm. If I'm going to say hi to somebody on the floor, I like to know their name so I can call them by name because I don't know. Shows respect and yeah. Yeah, shows respect. Shows it's personal. You know that shows that wow, like this guy remembers my name. Like this guy knows who I am. There's just a different level of connection when rather than just saying hey bud, hey pal, mm-hmm. how's it going? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Love it means it, a lot man. to me when people know my name and I don't know. I think it hopefully means a lot too to them. Yeah, yep. So you want to reciprocate that to other people. Well, Eli King, thank you so much for joining the Young Pro Show. This has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you spending your time and jumping on. Um and yeah, you know what? I for an engineer, I do think you're respectable. Well, thanks, Tom. <laughs> I know I've never been told no, but thank you. <laughs> no, one time. I've been told no one time. Oh, man, I'm just giving you a hard time. There's One of my favorite things is to give you a hard time, Eli. Good. That's, I like uh, that. That's up there on one, some of my – that's one of my hobbies, I would say. <laughs> I appreciate that. I oh, reciprocate man. that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, E. I appreciate you, and uh, this has been great.
Yep, thank you. Thank you for listening to The Young Pro Show. If you enjoyed the episode, I would encourage you to follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow along on social media for updates on Facebook and Instagram at Dom Fry, the insurance guy. And if you really, really enjoyed the episode, it would mean the world to me if you can leave a review on your podcast platform or on my Facebook page. I love you. Thank you for your time and God bless.